Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get into the word today. Someone say word. That's right. We used to say that in the 80s and 90s, word. I still do. Be just because I'm old school like that. Today I want to talk to you about honoring God. Someone say honoring God. Yeah, it's important. And, you know, we, we talk about it. You hear it in church. Sometimes you're raised in a, in a church where you say, man, come on, let's honor God. Well, you honor God by praying, putting him first, praying for your food. I mean, you honor God by your lifestyle, by your actions, by your words. But I want to give you some points today on how you can honor God. You're going to be familiar with some of these points. Um, you might have one or two points here that are unfamiliar to you, but most of these we've gone over for the last year, the last six months. We want to talk about honoring Him because it's so important. How many of you know it's important to honor God? Period. It is important to honor God. You say, man, why do we go to church? Well, to be changed, to hear the Word, to be among the faithful, to be among like-minded believers, to worship God together, to put Him first. But how many of you know it all comes down to what? Honoring God, even though it's for your benefit, right? It is, your it is for your benefit, but we honor God this way. So our first point today on honoring God is believe. Someone say believe. We've been talking about faith for a while now. I've done a series on faith. Pastor Fabian and I, that is our home base. We talk about faith because Scripture says without faith, it's impossible. Someone say it's impossible. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God, all right? So let's go to Hebrews 3.12. We are in the English Standard Version. Hebrews 3.12. Look at this verse. This is fascinating. Look at what the apostle equates with an evil, unbelieving heart. Look at this. Look at this. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Wow. God calls it evil when you do not believe. Is that crazy? That, that shakes me to my core, that God would find it to be evil when we say, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to believe him. You know how many believers I've talked to over the years that they, I've said, it's in the word. They say, I know, but I just, you know, it's hard to believe that. I'm going to take a page out of Pastor Fabian's life and his notebook and his journal and his legacy. If you're not going to believe the Bible you carry around or that you have on your phone, here's my advice. Throw it away. Give it away. Give it away to someone who will believe. You say, man, Pastor Matt, that's harsh. No, I'm just, that's what my teacher taught me. It's like, if you're not, not going to believe it, then do something with it. Delete the app, man. If you say, no, nah, I'm not going to believe the word. It's just a religious book to me. No. This is life's manual. Someone say manual. It is life's manual. This is the only way you make it. This is how you make it through life. And you understand marriage and relationships and money and fearing God and trusting God and spending time with God and who Jesus is and what it meant for prophets to obey God and what it meant for the law to come and what it meant for Jesus to fulfill the law and what it meant for Jesus to live and die and resurrect. This is what it's about, and it is life's instruction manual. Summer of 1990, let's see, I'd have to say 1992. 
my cousin Rod came to visit me. I was excited. It was right after my 10th grade year. We were good buddies. He was about three years older than me. And he came to visit me, man. He had, bar- he had borrowed a Sega Genesis. You guys remember Sega Genesis? Oh, man, we had so much fun. We thought that was so advanced. I couldn't afford it at that time just because I wasn't a saver, and I spent my money every week. But I was like, let's play a Sega Genesis. It's sweet. Well, then I got paid that week, and I don't remember if he pitched in. I don't remember if I saved my money for two weeks, which was big for me because, I once again, I wasn't a saver. We went and bought a basketball goal at Walmart, and it was called Michael Jordan Air Attack. Air Attack. We were going to attack through the air, I guess. I don't know. So Rod says, hey, we, we can put this together. Neither one of us was naturally handy. We could turn a, a screwdriver. But I'll never forget, we got the instruction manual, and Rod and me were just kind of free spirits at the time. We just kind of threw it to the side. We started putting it together. And it was a nice goal. It was black and gray. had a black rim. It was sweet. had a breakaway rim so we could dunk it, right? We put it together. Rod and I looked at each other when we were done, and we had a bag of bolts and screws left over. I'll never forget that. And I don't remember, I, I give Rod credit for this, but it may have been me. We looked at each other and we're like, I think these are extras. These are backups if those bolts go bad. It was bad, not good. You didn't want us to be your car mechanics, right? And that goal, that whole summer, man, for a few months, it's like it would tilt. It would, the brackets were weird. The rim was holding up. That was easy. You just put a bolt through and a washer and a nut, right? And the rim, four of them, and the rim holds. But, man, the backboard was attached to the pole, and there were brackets, and it just didn't hold. Till finally, this, this brother's been serving God a long time. Finally, later on that summer, because we didn't follow the what? Instructions, didn't use the manual, right? I had to call Brother Talamantha's dad and said, why don't you get Brother Talamantha's to weld that thing for you? I said, that's a genius idea. So I can still remember him pulling up through the alley and welding our basketball goal. And, man, that thing didn't move. It lasted. That goal was still going strong 20-something years later. I saw it, and they gave it away to someone else, a different part of town. It was still being used because it was done right finally. But how many of you know you need an instruction manual to do the job right? You have a task before you. It's always going to be funky if you try to do it with your own thinking and how you think it should be done. The engineers who make things like those basketball goals and stuff, they know how it should be put together, how to use it. There's warnings. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The one who engineered your body and blew the breath of life into your body, he shows you how to do it, how to live, how to treat people, how to treat him, how to interact with him, what's right, what's wrong. I've seen people do some crazy stuff, and I'm like, where did you get that? And they're like, I don't know. I just did it. I felt like it. I couldn't control myself. Man, you got to get into the Word, right? So let's read that again. Take care, brothers. This word for brothers, ladies, so you don't feel left out, that, that um, Greek word is adelphoi, and it's the word that means brothers and sisters. Okay, it's like in Spanish, saying hermanos, it just means everybody. All right? So take care, brothers, Adelphoi, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. When you don't believe, you eventually fall away. Did you know the age demographic, I believe it's from 25 to 37 or 38, in the United States, the age demographic from 25 to 37, 45% of that age demographic has not returned to church after the, the scamdemic. 
after the pandemic. Note, all jokes aside, I know the virus was real. The virus was real and it did serious damage to some people's bodies. It did kill some people. It did, and it killed a lot of people. But, but, the virus did not mess up the economy. The government messed up the economy, not the virus. And people were affected. We've got to take care of those who are weak and infirm among us. Scripture says that. It even says to take care of those and encourage those who are weaker in faith. But it also says take care of those who are going through it. So if someone has a propensity to catch a cold or catch a virus or they have underlying issues, we need to honor God by taking care of them and honoring them. All right? But the enemy used that for 45% of this demographic, 25 to 37 25 to 37, 45% of them have not returned to church in America since the pandemic. Is that crazy? They said, I'll watch online, but they don't. They don't. Let's go to 1 John 5, 6 through 10. Take care of what God gave you. This is what I tell my Bible study all the time. Three words, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. We're going to read through a few verses here as we talk about believe. Someone say believe. Oh, you want to honor God? Believe him. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. Remember when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove. Remember that? Powerful moment with John the Baptist, John the baptizer. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth. Someone say, who is truth? Yeah, God will never lie. I think our our verses may have just blinked out. 1 John chapter 5, fear not back there, y'all do your best. 1 John chapter 5 verse 6, pull out a Bible if you have one. If you don't, that's fine. Pull out your phone. If not, listen real carefully, all right? We're in 1 John chapter 5 verse 6. So verse 7, so we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Are y'all with me? Someone say all three agree. Uh huh. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about whom? His Son. Verse 10 All who believe, someone say, All who believe. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified. Wow about his son. The world is real quick to say this. We're, we're still talking about believe because that's how you honor God. The world is quick to dishonor things and sacrifices or what? Or your obedience to his voice. Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. You may say, man, I don't offer sacrifices. Well, in modern vernacular, modern language, Many times people give up stuff so they can serve God, but then they don't obey him in other areas. That's a sacrifice. So I'm not out there doing all that stuff, but God says, okay, but you have different requirements now than the world. Good for you. You're not out doing that, but I expect more from you. You know how many times my dad told me that and irritated me growing up? I'd be like, what about them? I'd even do that with my brother and sister. I'd say, what about them? He'd say, you're older, and I expect more from you. I say, I'm older. He said, yeah, you've been in this longer. You're, you're more well-trained in some of these areas, and you've, been a, you've been, had more experience with it, so I expect more of you. And that's a two-edged sword. I say, man, I want, 
I'm going to be I'm going to be the oldest and I'm going to do this and I'm going to oh that's great there were benefits to that in our family I got to be like a not exactly but like a third parent mom and dad would leave I got old enough I'd take care of the kids sometimes sorry y'all I'm just older and sometimes it felt more like five or six or seven it felt more than that because mom and dad say and dad would tell me he never had any qualms about going hey you're responsible for what man we're just gonna hang out no I hold you responsible there were some times Elaine or John had to miss school because they weren't feeling well and I would stay home with them because mom and dad had to work say what is that some great thing no it's just what it was right it's just what it was but I was responsible all right and let me say this once you've heard the word here's what I'm getting to once you've heard the word you're responsible once you've heard it, it's too late now. You should have covered your ears, right? It was the live stream. Said, oh, man, I didn't know he was going to speak on this. I don't want to be responsible for this. God has revealed himself to all mankind, and eventually the truth is going to get to you, and the world rejects it or receives it. But here's what, here's what the man of God said. Is sacrifice better than obedience? No, obedience is better than sacrifice. Your obedience to his voice. We have no excuses. Man, they even have an app now. I think it's called Speechify speechify i'm not gonna pay for that i'd rather just read it but others say man i don't read well or i don't like reading you can take a picture of documents and it will read it to you now so we have no excuse said well they didn't have that on audio they have everything on audio now everything say i didn't you can you can upload word documents letters emails this program i think it's like 140 bucks a year i'm not doing a sales pitch but i was like 140 dollars i'll just read it because then I'll be mad and broke, right? <laughs> but I stole that from somebody somewhere in the 90s, I think. But, man, you can, you can hear the word. You can read it. You can talk about it. The word's everywhere now if you want it. And there's a lot of people hungry. Y'all are proving that this morning. People are hungry for the word. Sometimes they just don't know what they hunger for. And your obedience is going to help people recognize what they need. Did you know your obedience to God is going to be light? They're going to go, oh, something's working out for them. You say, yeah, it ain't always easy, but God is with me. It ain't always just like I figured it was going to be, but God is with me. And here it is. So let's go to John 14, 15. I love this one. It doesn't get any clearer than this. You ready? The words of Jesus. They are in red, depending on your Bible. Some of you have the red letter edition for every word that Jesus says. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. I, I can't get any clearer than that. If you love me, obey my commandments. I don't know if we're going to get through this whole message today. We're going to have to probably continue this next week. But once you believe, let me say it again. You say, that's repetition. Yeah, repetition's good. Once you believe, and you really believe, and you want to live it out, then you, you what? You obey. If you believe, then you obey. Somebody say, if I believe, yeah, say it a little stronger. Say, if I believe, say, I will obey. Say, if I believe, I will obey. Man, God's dealing with me on some stuff right now, and it's, I'm not embarrassed about it, because I'll talk to you about it. You could ask me details. I'm not going to get into all of it right now. But it's, it's taxing. It's uncomfortable. 
some of you in here, and I've talked to some of you in here over the years, but I, more importantly, God has spoken to everyone in this room over the years about you trying to run from stuff just because it was uncomfortable. There's a whole wave of the last 10, 15 years. Awkward. Who cares about awkward? I'm so tired of hearing that. That was awkward. I'm like, do you know any different words? There's some words right now that I have real beef with because they say it all the time. Awkward, literally, toxic, and the universe. What? You need to read and get, if you're not reading, get Speechify and get it to read it to you and learn some other words besides literally and awkward and the universe and toxic. Really? Jesus said, obey. Let's read that verse again together. Come on. John 14, 15, what does that say? If you love me, Jesus said in John 14, 15, Obey my commandment. Real simple. Look, it's beautiful because I, I have a screen that I'm looking on too, and the whole verse in big print fits on the one screen. If you love me, obey my commandments. Look how simple that is. If you love me, obey my commandments. What were Jesus' commandments? Do you remember? Real simple. They hung on two things. Love the Lord your God with all your strength and soul and might and will and love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody trying to justify themselves said, Lord, who is my neighbor? And he said, let me tell you a story. Basically, your neighbors, whoever, whoever you come in contact with. Same color, different color, different culture, background, different religion. That's your neighbor. It's someone you've been entrusted to love and care for in their time of need. Doesn't it blow you away about the people who have loved God and obeyed God and loved you during your time of need? It's always shocking to see who shows up when you're going through a crisis, huh? It's always shocking for the people who talk to you about it or the people who don't mention it or the people who actually show up. Because, you know, you know how it is. We're all good humans in here, right? We're all good Christians. So we do the right thing. Hey, man, if you need something, let me know. My mom passed away and someone hit up my brother and said, hey, man, if you need anything, let me know. Jonathan said, he just brought up something simple. Hey, yeah, would you go get me something? The guy said, well, I, I live in the middle of Texas now. Sorry. If you need anything except for that, if you need anything, call me so I can tell you I can't help you. I mean, I guess. And that's okay. That's life. But it's amazing to me who's there and who's not there when you're going through something. You say, man, how does that relate to obey? Well, God's been dealing with me on walking in love and kindness, and there's things coming up in my life that God's going, I you need to deal with that already. That shouldn't bother you anymore. Or this shouldn't affect you this way. Or you shouldn't respond that way. And I feel very humbled. But I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to run from the discomfort. Some of you are stuck where you are still in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, because you've run from uncomfortable situations. Pastor Matt, can you go ahead and move on to the next point? Why don't you preach something else? No, God won't let me leave this one now. We, some say, I will, I will not be corrected in that area. Guess what? You won't grow in that area. When your test doesn't get corrected, then you've got an F. 
people are like, man, I, this isn't Easter Sunday anymore. What's going on with you, Pastor Matt? No, I, let me tell you the truth about something. If I didn't tell you the truth, I would be revealing to the whole world that I didn't love you. You know the harsh truth that my parents have told me? And over the years, I've been told harsh truth by those around me who really love me and just say, it's not really like that. What you just said, that's not true. Here's what it is. I'm like, oh, are you sure? Yep. Mm-hmm. Stop running from discomfort. And did you know running from discomfort is a form of laziness? I'm going to tell you right now, you can ask my wife. I am vigorous. I wake up early. I get after it. I'm in a season right now of waking up early. Jen jokes because I'm, I guess it's because I'm becoming an older man. I don't know. <laughs> but I get up early, man. But I hit it hard. I am exhausted. Ask my wife. I'm exhausted at night by 8. You're all, what? 4 and 5 a.m. do that to you. At 8, I'm all, are we done watering outside, baby? Let's just lay down now. Come on, let's pray. Let's, let's do something else. Come on, let's rest. But I'm going to tell you right now that there comes a point in your life where you say, you know what? If I don't listen in this area, listen to God or others around me, I will never change. I'm not leaving this point yet. Some of you really need to hear this and let it soak in because I love you. And you know, more importantly than me loving you, the God who sent me loves you. The God who died on a cross for you, he loves you. He loves you so much that it matters whether you grow or not. The New Testament talks about this word a lot. It's translated as perfect, that you should be perfect. Well, do you think it really means perfect? No. It means mature. We translate it as perfect. It means mature, well-rounded, balanced. I don't like correction either. I don't like being told no either. Like if we took a survey right now, say, how many of you love being told no? Me. No, no, you don't. You didn't listen. I've I've seen people before, they're not even listening to the questions. They're just raising their hand. I'm on. no, you didn't hear the question. Nobody likes to be told no. Hmm. Put your hand down, man. I think Dad had a teacher in school. She said, put your hands down. It stressed her out. (laughs) Put your hands down. Don't raise your hands. If I will properly accept what God is trying to teach me right now, then I will not have to keep fooling with the same junk tomorrow and next week. He can deal with some other area of my life. Let me tell you something. I'm back in the gym, and it's very convicting, my areas of weakness. When me and Barry were in the gym years ago, and it's been years ago, man, we, we were getting strong. He was already strong, but I was getting stronger. Man, it's crazy now. I get in there, and I'm like, wow, this is a, an area of weakness, this certain things. Some other days, I'm just loving it. This is great. Well, that's not improving me if I just do the stuff I'm good at. Is somebody with me? I got to do stuff that I don't like. I hate tricep workouts. The Senate kids always, yeah, well, we naturally have good tricep jeans. Yeah, but you still got to work on them. Well, I have good hair jeans, so I just don't wash my hair. All right. You'll be looking like me. But don't wash your hair too much because they say, I don't know. But anyway, 
One guy told me that, don't wash your hair too much when I was in eighth grade. He said, you'll go bald. I'm like, did he prophesy something over me? Lord, I did wash my hair a lot. That was irresponsible, I guess. I'm not going to tell you not to shower, though, a lot. So, No, there's stuff in the gym. I get to a machine, and I go, oh, my gosh, I hate this. This machine is so stupid. It's like a torture rack. And you sit in it, you get uncomfortable, and something starts hurting. And you know my natural inclination when something hurts in the gym, you know what I do? What? No, I had some answers. What do y'all do? Stop. Champ over here says keep going. God bless you, sir. Extra credit. Some of y'all got a green star. He got two gold stars. Green star for you. No, really. My natural inclination is this is miserable. What, let's just let's do toe touches. I'm more flexible now again. Let's just do something else. The weights are uncomfortable. Why do humans do that? Many times if it's hard, it's good for you. Not all the time, but many times. If it's painful now, it'll be less painful later. We had a video we used to show for the surge class that said something like that. Now remember everything you said amen to today after church, all right? Because God's getting you ready for something. He's getting you ready for something. I don't like being told no. I don't. Humans, we are, we are creatures of habit. Say, wait, that's changing what? Nope, sorry. We've got to move on to the next thing, and it may be uncomfortable, but it's time now. I've seen it my whole life. The areas I would avoid, I was still dealing with them years later. Don't do that. Don't be like me in that way. Imitate me in the good areas, okay? Imitate me in the good areas as I imitate Jesus. But, man, there's some areas that God is still dealing with me about. So we believe, we obey. I'm going to get into this one now, this third point, and it's practice wisdom. Now, these are all tied in together, but I wanted separate points. Obeying the Lord and believing is practicing wisdom. Let's go to Proverbs 1-7. What does that say? Fear of the Lord, I've been talking about this for months. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. See, that word discipline, that's a trigger. That's a trigger for me. We'll read it in a different translation, right? Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and, I believe some translations say correction. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of of true knowledge. Let's go to Matthew 7, 24. These are going to get repeated next week, these verses right here. They're just going to have to. Look at what Jesus said. Red letters, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. (laughs) Not just rock, solid rock. Not crumbling rock. I've seen some rock crumble too. You ever had someone do a fence job for you? And you're all, man, praise God, we got a discount price. Uh Uh-huh, you got a discount job. I'm not going to get into all that right now. But there there are things that, man, that was, mm mm-hmm. But it wasn't set up on a rock. It wasn't. Let's go to James 3.13 now, talking about practice wisdom. Very important, and I'm going to wind this down. We will continue with this next week for sure. If you are, because I have more points. If you are wise... 
and understand God's ways, look, if you are operating in wisdom, prove it by living an honorable life. Honorable means you bring honor to God. A life that is to be honored. As a believer, the only way you can have an honorable life is to honor God. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Wow, that's a verse. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. I believe God has spoken to us today through his word. Father, we thank you today. We honor you today, not just to use that word like a vocabulary word, use it in a sentence, but Lord, we honor you today because we want to put you first. We honor you today, God, because we want want to walk in fear and respect. Fear meaning reverence, respect, and honor for you. We're not afraid of you, God. We We respect and honor and reverence you because we know that you will deal with us. It's a healthy fear, not a terrorizing fear, not a panic. It's the way a kid would see a balanced parent who says, I got to do right because dad or mom's going to take care of me if I don't. I've got to honor God. If there's anyone in the house who says, you know what? I just need to make sure my life is right with God. Let's start first here. If you have accepted Jesus in public before and you've confessed him as your Savior, you don't have to raise your hand for this, but that's between you and God. But if you've never accepted Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior by your confession, by your heart's belief, you say, man, if I died tonight, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. It's not something you want to mess with in chance. It's not something you want to guess at. It's not something you want to hope about. You need to make sure. You need to be at peace with God, some have said. So if you have never made the decision to follow Jesus publicly, remember Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. I will be ashamed of you before my Father and his angels. So you don't need to be ashamed of Jesus. You need to be, you need to fear, right? Jesus said that. Fear, respect, honor, reverence. The one who can throw both soul and body into hell. Say, wow, I can't believe you're saying that. It's the words of Jesus. Those controversial, true, everlasting, perfect, and beautiful words. So it's heaven or hell according to Scripture. I didn't make that up. If that offends you, that's between you and God. I don't care at this point. I've got to speak the truth. So you say, I've never gotten right with God. Raise your hand today. I want to pray with you. Those on the live stream, those in the house. You say, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just struggling in some areas because God's dealing with me. Uh-huh. He loves you, and that's why your hand went up. He's drawing you by his spirit. God bless you for your courage. Everybody in this house, go ahead and raise your hands right where you are. Go raise both hands if you can. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. His life, his sacrifice, his torture, his suffering his death, and his resurrection. He was raised to life so that I would be raised to life in victory, triumphing over sin, and right with him. Forgive me, Lord. I can't make it without you. Cleanse me, God. Please forgive me. I've been wrong. I need you, Lord. Now I believe, and I will live and obey what I believe in you, in Jesus' name. I want everyone to stand to their feet, please.
You can look around. You can look at me. If you would, stay focused. That's, that's a good moment of reverence and respect and honor for God. But if there was something in today's message for you, I say there was a lot in there for me. I want you to raise a hand to the Lord. You say, there was something in there for me. God, say, God spoke to me in that message through his word. Okay, let's pray together. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you are doing something in our story right now. You're changing the words in our story, God. Some of us say, man, dad was rough. Some of you, you said, man, you came from alcoholism or abuse or mom wasn't there. Whatever your story is, no, your story now is serving God. Your story now is being right with God. Your story now is living right. A legal and moral lifestyle. Jesus was crucified, tortured, executed unjustly one of the thieves remember said this man has done nothing he has done nothing wrong yeah he never had and he never would in the same way you're going to be above reproach you're going to be past blame the past is the past we're going to leave it back there the past is to only be used as a testimony not as a weeping well not as a place to get stuck the past is the past but god is with you now and his hand is on you. The blood of Jesus is over you today. I thank you, Father, that your word is your will. And your will is perfect and acceptable and good. And your will is best, Father God. And I thank you now that your word is being manifest in the lives of your people. We trust you. We believe you. We honor you. And we thank you for this time together, God. Because you're doing something in our hearts. Somebody say, Lord, do a work in me. Oh, let's say it again. Say, Lord, do a work in me. In Jesus' name. Do you have something else? Go ahead and be seated this morning in God's presence, if you would, please. As you get ready to uh, give this morning, I wanted to share a quick, a quick thing that God laid on my heart yesterday. And my favorite thing to do is share really encouraging, uplifting words of how you're going to overcome and you've already overcome and all these things. But yesterday, um, the Lord laid something on my heart about giving. And I was like, oh, that's a good word. And then I kept ignoring it. And then this morning I was sitting back there and I just really felt like God wanted me to share that with you this morning. So how many of you know that God wants you to be blessed, right? He, he, just because you're a Christian, you haven't taken a vow of poverty, God doesn't want you, like you don't have to feel guilty when you're blessed. You don't have to feel guilty for wanting to be blessed. You don't have to feel guilty for believing God for nice things and good things and for, for a blessed life. God wants you to be blessed. He wouldn't be a very good father if he wanted you to be broke all the time or if he wanted you to just struggle all the time. That's not the God that we serve. So first of all, we have to know that God wants us to be blessed. But God also is a God of details and he's a God of boundaries. In the garden, he gave Adam and Eve everything. He gave them this perfect experience in the perfect garden with everything they could possibly need. But he said, but don't touch that. And so there's boundaries with God. He's, he's a good father who gives us good things, but he also protects us and has boundaries and draws lines. And so yesterday, it was funny, I was just unloading my groceries and having a normal Saturday. And I just felt the Lord remind me that... We have to check the details in our giving. And so 
I, I just felt really heavy yesterday that there's someone or, or several of you that you feel like you're taking two steps forward or one step forward and then two steps back in your finances. And you feel like you make progress, but then something happens and you're further behind than you were before. And it's like you just keep feeling like you can't quite get ahead. And I felt like the Lord said to me yesterday, check the details. Check your giving. If you're someone who gives, I, I believe there are two different kinds of people. There are people who give their tithe and want to continue to be, to give their tithe and their offering, but maybe you're just missing the details. Maybe there's an area in your finances where you've been blessed and you're not, you're not still giving your tithe. You're not giving your 10%. You think that you are. Go back and double check your, your finances and your, your, your income so that you can be sure that you are continuing to give the tithe and the 10%. And then there's the other type of people that are like, I don't believe in the tithe. I'm just not going to give. Well, that's fine. That, that's your decision. You don't have to give your tithe and your offering, but I can guarantee you, your finances won't be blessed. They might be blessed temporarily and for a sh short period of time, but if you want a lifetime of blessing and if you want a, um, a family tree of blessing, if you want your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids to be blessed, I could go into a story right now about my grandma when she decided to start tithing and how our family tree has been blessed because she made that decision all those years ago. And so I want to I share this verse with you really quick, and then we're going to take up the offering. But Matthew 3.10 says, Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. And so this morning, all I want to do is just challenge you. Put God to the test. Look, he's, it's a law, right? There are laws in life, and I think I told Vali this recently. There are laws in life where it's like if you live a life of continuously giving and generosity, just where your hand is open to the poor, your hand is open to the need around you, someone near you needs something, and your hand is just constantly open and giving, well, then your hand is also constantly open for receiving. The Bible says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so I want to just tell you, put God to the test. If you're either in either of those categories, I don't believe in, well, just, just try it. What, what do you have to lose? And it's not for the church. It's not because we need the money. It's because you need the blessing and because the world needs you to be blessed. God needs you to be blessed so that then you can be a blessing to those around you. And so if you're, come, if you're frustrated or you feel like there's a struggle or a, a tug of war in your finances where you just can't break through, just check those areas. Check, check your tithing and your giving. Put God to the test and then watch. I promise you, he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until there's no more need. And you're going to be like, wow, there's, no, I, there's nothing that I need. And one more thing, it doesn't happen instantly. So give and time. Just keep giving. Just keep giving. In time, you're going to see it. Seeds take time to grow. Fruit takes time to grow on the tree. So give and then give it time and then give and keep giving it time. And eventually you're going to see that that tree. We planted a tree last year in our front yard. And this year I was like, whoa, I, it was so exciting to see this little baby tree that we had planted was covered in white flowers. And now it's going to be covered well, I guess it's a fruitless tree, so no, it's not going to be covered in fruit. Thank God, because then it falls to the ground and makes a mess in my yard. But those flowers would produce fruit if it wasn't a fruitless tree. Does that make sense? All right, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Get ready for your giving.